Welcome to The Mashroom Show. And in this episode, we're talking about what the loss of Section 21 really means for landlords. It feels like it's been the never-ending story with Section 21. There's been talk of it going for literally years, especially thanks to COVID-enforced delays. But with the Rental Reform Bill going through Parliament, it really does look like Section 21's days are numbered. So will it really affect you? What should you be prepared for? Do you really need to be prepared at all? Stay tuned to find out. Well, let's crack on then with our uh, first guest, Paul Champlina. Pleasure to have you back in the Motion Studio, much. Paul, uh, from Landlord Action. We're talking about Section 21, which is no fault evictions, isn't it? Um, and we have been talking for what feels like years almost about uh, Section 21 is going to go at some point. We've now kind of reached the point where we think it genuinely is going to go in the next 18 months or so? Yeah, a year to two years, 18 months, that's fair enough to say. It's definitely going to happen. Well, So, what's that going to mean? So, what it's going to I mean, you've got to realise the Renters Reform Bill was put down as a white paper, give or take, and it was on the, the, the rumblings of the white paper was happening prior to COVID, right, which feels like a lifetime ago. Uh, what does it mean? It means that a landlord cannot serve a two-month notice to end the contract to say they want the property back. Mm-hmm. There was a myth, they've, and it came out through the press, Rob, that it was called non-fault. Generally, there was always a fault. And at Landlord Action, the top three reasons as of today why a landlord is serving a Section 21 notice, there's actually four reasons. One is landlords are selling. I've never seen so many landlords selling to get out of the marketplace. Obviously, the high interest rates has really, really affected everything, and Section 24 and the abolishment of the mortgage interest relief, as well as the impending regulation. Two, rent arrears. Landlords don't want to go to court, have a hearing date under Section 8, and I know we're going to touch on that later, but they just want their property back with an easier court decision. Three, antisocial behaviour, which is a real... uh, a real bugbear for landlords. They use Section 21, serving two-month notice. There could be a whole load of reports by neighbours or uh, there's disturbances in an HMO and they just want the property back because you have to give evidence. Mm -hmm. And a lot of tenants and neighbours are fearful of giving evidence. Mm -hmm. And then actually four, which is really high, Rob, is tenants are still being told to stay put in a property so they can be rehoused by the council. Because if they leave the property, they're voluntarily going to make themselves homeless. So that, they're the four main reasons, and uh, I can tell you now, the split of instructions we get at Landlord Action, we do the best part of two to two and a half thousand instructions a year. We're the busiest we've ever been in 23 years. 60% are Section 21 instructions, 40% are Section 8 instructions. It's never, ever been that way round, and it is now. So what do you put that down to? What is it that's kind of panicking the market, effectively? So it's been a build-up. I, I call it like this, if you keep whacking the dog, the dog's going to bite you. And unfortunately, now the landlords are selling the property. The big losers in all of this are the tenants. So what what has it all come about? So if you look about what happened in uh, in 2017, the abolishment of mortgage interest relief, you know, what business does someone get taxed on turnover rather than profit? Well, landlords do which is ridiculous. And then, of course, you had the additional 3% stamp duty. So a lot of landlords were incorporating and obviously using companies' uh, structures, which did make sense and does make sense. And then, of course, 
you know, the reality is, and I've been doing this, and I've been acting for landlords for 32 years, and I'm a mm -hmm. landlord myself, is, you know, us landlords, we do have a short memory. We've had 0% interest for the best part of 10 years. But the last 14 months, interest rates have gone up. And we're, looking, we're talking about in the next 24 to 48 hours, possibly, of another rate going up from 4.5% to 4 and 3 quarters or 5%. Plus, and so, so landlords are coming out of their fixed terms, Rob, going from a couple of percent, two, three percent, coming to six, six and a half percent. It's just not worth it. And of course, you know, tenants now are paying, and as of the last couple of months, this stat came out, 39% of their wages towards rent. It is uns unsustainable. So that's an issue. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the mortgage rates all change with, with Liz Trust. And then, of course, you've got the impending regulation, the banning of Section 21 landlords, thinking they can't get their property back. And, of course, you've got EPCs further down the line, electrical performance certificates. Yeah. So there's a lot of different pressures on landlords. So let's stick specifically with 21, mm. Section 21, and what that means as and when it goes. Because there's kind of two elements to that. There's what you do before it's gone, and then how it's going to feel once it has gone and the new regulations are actually in place. So what is it that, that is driving people, because you were saying that you've got more Section 21s being served at the moment than you've ever seen. Mm. So what specifically do you think is driving that? Well, don't forget, you've got landlords that have been landlords for 15, 20 years, a lot of older landlords that are saying, what well, the game has changed. Um, you know, if you run this like a business, it's a great time to be a landlord if you can foolproof and business case your business. Because, mm -hmm. of course, you've got a massive pool of tenants. And actually, there's, you know... Because the pressure on the market has never been greater, is it? We are in a rental stock crisis. Other landlords are buying properties, I know that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of cash buyers and people are watching and waiting. The problem you've got is that you've got good tenants that have been good tenants in the property and been in the property for a long time, especially the millennials and whatever. They, they've never known anything different. And, you know, uh, the, the, the fact and the fear of obviously getting Section 21 is obviously fearful. And I speak to a lot of tenants, and I've even got staff that work for me at Landlord Action that have had Section 21s, and it's been really stressful for them. I've been, you know, helping them and giving them advice and stuff. So landlords want to get out, okay, for multiple reasons. Maybe they don't want to, you know, being a landlord and you're now at a mushroom, and being a self-managed landlord can be really challenging, mm -hmm. naturally. So, and obviously having the time to manage. So um, there's a whole lot of factors, but I think a lot of the factors really is maybe the straw that broke the camel's back for a lot of landlords is the mortgage rates. Okay, so Section 21 is, is being used a lot now. Um, do you see more people feeling that more and more as they get closer to that deadline when it is actually finally removed? Are we likely to see increasing numbers of landlords using Section 21 before it goes? Most definitely. So I'll get, let me give you some stats. So we did a recent survey at Landlord Action. We've seen uh, a 41% increase of landlords instructing us to serve more Section 21s. This is the telling factor uh, on this stat. 91% increase from April 22 to April 23. It was only a couple of months ago when we last did it. 91% increase to issue court proceedings. Mm -hmm. So when the deadline happens, and it normally happens in an April or October time, that's normally when the laws come in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, could it be October 24? Who knows? Well, we don't know. Don't forget, there's a whole lot of raft of legislation that has to go through for royal assent. Mm -hmm. There's a whole procedure, and it's got to get time to be heard and, you know, to, to debate these things in Parliament and to get signed off as a law. Uh, what will happen is you will naturally get landlord panic. I call it landlord panic, and it's for us you know, uh, commentators like us and, you know, to, to put platforms out and say, look, calm down. 
if you don't need to sell your property, do not sell it. You know, landlording can be a good business, but obviously costs have been ramping up consistently. Um, and but one thing is that we are in, in this in this industry and landlords are landlords are very adaptable. They've mm -hmm. had to be very adaptable, mm -hmm. you know. So I think that the prediction will be is when the law chain comes in, naturally you have a six month lifespan to serve a section twenty one and use it. Uh, and I would say that you'll get a lot of landlords that would be serving tenants section twenty ones when they don't really need to. Right. Okay. Because no news is good news as a landlord. If you've got a good tenant paying the rent on time, looking after your property, why would you want to evict them? So this is this is the thing, isn't it? Because, as you say, landlord panic is, is a genuine thing. But your advice is don't panic. Actually sit tight, think about it for a bit. You don't necessarily need to make a change. I would say you, you, need, to do, you need to do a business review of you being a landlord, whether you've got one property, three properties, five properties, are you looking to scale up? Are you, how are you going to manage that? Where's the problem? There's a whole other raft, and you've got to get experts to help you and, and so forth. But I think what you need to do is you do a review, look where you're going, what do you want to do? You know, I speak to, you know, my, 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 my phone book is, 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 is constantly filled with landlords that I've known over the years. And I've got some landlords that are looking at their portfolio and think, actually, that's the worst performing property because my base rate or whatever, or I'm highly leveraged or whatever, I'm gonna sell that. The reality is, is, you know, I think that the housing market prices will naturally come down. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they've been sky high for a long, long, long time. Mm -hmm. And I think the days of, you know, cheap money uh, have ended mm -hmm. to a certain extent. And I'm old enough, and I know most probably you are, Bob, to remember the 88, 90 recession. And my background is house repossessions. I used to go to court and do repossessions at properties and do the hearings before mm -hmm. judges and we remember those days at 14 15 percent mm -hmm. now we're struggling with a base rate of four and a half percent you know variable maybe six percent or whatever yeah. we're yeah. talking about it's, double it's, that last well, time totally it's it's not the actual numbers it's the rate of change that's the problem isn't it and it's gone up 14 issue. months and yeah. it's gone quickly and yes. we are in a cost of living crisis so let's get to the point we'll skip forward in time 18 months to when section 21 goes what is the the landscape going to look like then if you're a landlord and you have got a problem tenant that you want to get rid of or if you just want to sell up for whatever reason how will that work once the changes have come into effect so once the change happens right there's going to be a transitional period once section 21 goes you can't obviously serve a two-month notice you can't end the property so obviously it's really important to have a really robust tenancy agreement okay and then of course and i'm sure we're going to touch on this you're going to have to rely on Section 8 and the Section 8 grounds. And what are the grounds? At the moment, there's 17 grounds. You might have end up having 22, 23 grounds. There needs to be more mandatory grounds. And now, I've, I've, I've been on loads of working groups. And, you know, I, I worked on a paper with a, an organisation called the Lettings Industry Council. And this paper, which was commissioned, and we got the London School of Economics, we said, look, you can't ban Section 21 until you strengthen the grounds of Section 8. Landlords have faith in the court system because we're talking about housing courts, that's gone off the radar. You have to have mediation, you have to have more judges and bailiffs and you have to do a lot more online. So the whole raft of stuff that you have to put in place, you can't rush it. Because mm -hmm. if you rush it, and of course, I think also, so I'm just going on a bit of a piece here, I think we've got to really dampen down the anti-landlord rhetoric. Mm -hmm. And that has to come from government. 
-hmm. government, you know, whether they're going to be able to reverse Section 24, I know I'm going off a bit of peace, but th there's all these different factors mm -hmm. that you need to have. But if there's a breach, if you want to sell your property, that will be a ground, mm -hmm. right? That'll be a ground, maybe a two month notice. So that's a really, it's a really important mm. basic thing to say. So if you're a landlord and you want to get out for whatever reason, you're not going to be prevented from selling your property because you've got a tenant. 100%, but you have to come up with evidence. Mm -hmm. It'll be strict evidence. You can't just evidence. pretend, pretend you're going to sell the property and then take it off the market because landlords will see right. angles. So are you generally selling it? How long has it been a market? There'll be, there'll be provisions in place mm -hmm. that you have to adhere to mm -hmm. to be able to qualify under that ground to serve a notice to be able to sell the property. And bearing in mind, selling a property with a tenant in situ as well, mm -hmm. you know, uh, because of course, you know, landlords want good tenants, you know, but circumstances change. You could go for divorce, you could end up moving. You need to, you need to be able to cash and take the equity out. You might be able to upscale, whatever. Mm -hmm. Circumstances change, so you will be able to do that. Whether you want to move back into the property or your primary uh, family wants to move back into, property, that's going to be another ground. Mm -hmm. I've I've suggested that um, antisocial behaviour. We're still waiting to hear on that. How is that going to be preferential? What type of evidence is going to be needed? Access is a big issue as well, Rob. You know, mm -hmm. tenants don't give landlords access to be able to do a gas safety, so mm -hmm. that's an issue. So they need to update all the grounds. They need to bring it up to date. And are you confident that they will? that it is going to happen in time? Is it something to be scared of, these changes look, coming Look, I, I think, it, look, the, the problem is, it feels like everything that's in place, you know, the days, you know, everything's changed from five years ago compared to 15, 20 years ago. If you think about it, the only bit of legislation we had in when we were renting was the 2007 Deposit Scheme Act that came in. Now in 2023, the game's changed. The type of renter has changed. More people are renting than ever. As I said, the government wants, and the whole point of the renters reform bill that came in is to have decent standard properties. They're saying that 21% of the properties in the private rental sector don't meet the decent home standard. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, and you know, I've done stuff on ITV News with Dan Hewitt and whatever, I think the social housing sector is far worse than the private rental sector. I really do think that. So um, I think it's, you've just got to watch and wait. Don't be fearful. You know, if your property is making your money, Okay, and you're managing it properly and you've got the right people to help you. But I think what landlords do miss a trick, Rob, on is they don't put a price on their time. Mm -hmm. right? And you've got to put a price on your time because you might be a different person than you were 15, 20 years ago. And like you, most probably, I can imagine you on the golf course, you want to spend a bit more time on the golf course. So, <laughs> you know, so you've got to put a price on your time rather than possibly taking a call from a tenant they've lost their keys at five in the morning. Yeah, drunk. absolutely. Okay, so let's put things into a slightly different context because yeah. there is part of the UK where Section 21 has gone already, and yes. that is Scotland. Yes, of course. So what has Scotland's experience been? Has, has getting rid of Section 21 radically changed the way that landlording happens north of the border? Not really. I mean, I know there's been landlord panic, which is what I worry about. Mm -hmm. I speak to uh, John Blackwood, who's, uh, who's uh, chief um, executive of the Scottish Landlords Association. Mm -hmm. uh, the raft of changes that have happened in Scotland have been far more extreme than they have been in England. And obviously there's been wells and there's a whole load of stuff. There's landlord licensing in Scotland. We're going to have property redress, which is landlord redress, which is going to be a form of licensing. They use the first tier tribunal, we use the court system. They've got a population of five million, we've got a population of 60 million, we have far more stock. But I think that there's, there's been a whole load of, um, a whole load of uh, disputes that have happened in the first tier tribunal which are, are blocking it up. Uh, but if you speak to any landlord in Scotland, um, I think they will turn around and say, bearing in mind they have different political leadership than mm -hmm. we have in, in, mm -hmm. in England, 
I think that it's, uh, it's most probably hindered rather than helped. Cause tenants want, this is the whole point, tenants want security. So, sorry, hindered, hindered things for tenants, not for landlords. But they've, they've, it's, it's most probably hindered for tenants, exactly like it's hindered, it will be here in the short term because good tenants are being asked to leave properties. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, where, you know, yes, the section 21 and on fault, but obviously, depending on the strength of the ground and that land, landlords now, most of the reasons why landlords are serving section eight, not just for, obviously for rent arrears, which is the obvious, mm -hmm. is because they're selling the properties. Mm -hmm. So they have to prove they're selling the properties. The worry that you have is that you have the tenant organisations that obviously want the renters reform bill and, you know, the tenants are paying a record amount of rent and I totally understand that and have a mm -hmm. lot of sympathy. But in the short term, you're going to see more tenants evicted because okay. landlords are going to get out, which is a worry for me. So as a, as a final kind of thought then, um, I mean, it's a really complicated set of balances going on there. But for landlords now who's worried about what to do and what to, to think about, mm your advice is actually to kind of sit tight, don't worry about section 21 too much, just look at what your actual finances are. 100%, so you look at where you're at, you look, look, as a landlord, you're getting access to the best tenants you most probably ever have had. Tenants now are getting guarantors, okay? Tenants now have to put their best foot forward to impress the landlord. Tenants are having to put CVs in, which was unheard of, you know, what's their plans and all that type of stuff. As a landlord, where's your property? Is it performing? Are you getting equity? You know, are you looking to pass that property on to your kids? There's a whole load of stuff you have to look at. How are you doing the property management? How far do you live from the property? You know, what are the escalating costs? What's your situation? You know, but the biggest challenge and really where I've seen, you know, the big drastic changes in all my years of doing this has been, and you, you touched on it just before, Rob, is how quickly the rates are going up, the interest rates are going mm -hmm. up. And we are in a cost of living crisis, mm -hmm. okay? Um, we're, in a different, we're in a different place than we were in 88, 90, where we had three and a half million people unemployed and 15% interest rate. Mm -hmm. But we've got record amount of jobs out there, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, but rents are astronomical uh, for tenants, so the tenants are struggling. So you've got to weigh it all up. As a landlord, it is a business, do not panic. Do not panic. Paul, it's been fascinating hearing you talking on it. Loads that we could carry on for hours on this, but we'll, we'll definitely have you back in again. Thank you. Paul Champlina from Landlord Action. Thank you. Well, I'm pleased to say that uh, Emmy Stedman is with me in the studio now. Uh, she's Mashroom's sort of expert on lettings. And I want to just kind of talk through some of the stuff that, that was raised in the conversation with Paul there around Section 21 and evictions. Um, and we're looking at the, the, the loss of Section 21. The general feeling is that landlords are very wary about Section 21 going, obviously. Are you getting that feeling when you're talking to landlords, which yeah. you do on a daily basis, obviously? Yeah, a lot more now. I think a lot of landlords want to just have a chat about things, find out what's going on, speak to someone and get advice. Um, it's definitely a, a scary time. Mm -hmm. um, but I think as long as you're making sure that you're doing everything properly, so when Section 21 does eventually go mm -hmm. um, and if you do need to serve notice as long as as long as you're doing everything properly at the start of the tenancy you will be all right um, but yeah it's a wary time so you are able to give them a bit of reassurance then yeah absolutely i mean i think the main difference with section 21 um, being abolished your only option with eviction will be a section 8 so the difference between the two is that section 8 is a breach of tenancy and it's mm -hmm. also contestable so 
short story, cut, cut a long story short, um, basically, um, if you need to evict tenants, it might end up going to court. So you just need to make sure that you've got insurances set up at the start of the tenancy, um, which of course we can reassure um, any landlords with that. Um, our 2% package and our 5% has £25,000 of legal cover. So right. um, it's definitely a help. And that, that legal cover, that just knowing that you've got that, that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. I think investing in the right insurance at the start of your tenancy, making sure that you're protected just in case the worst case does happen, um, is so important. You, you, yeah, you've okay. got to make sure. So that, that legal expenses cover, can you just give us a bit of an idea then what legal expenses cover covers? covers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. So um, you've got £25,000 of legal cover. So that will cover you for eviction costs, court fees. And then you've got a number that you can call 24 hours a day, 365 days of the year to seek legal advice. Obviously, if you need any more advice, come and speak with us at Lettings and we'll be happy to help. Great. Emmy, thank you very much. Now let's take a look at the latest news for landlords. We'll start with the UK mortgage market. After last week's Bank of England interest rate increase from 45 to 5%, the news since has been full of what this means for mortgages, especially looking at the impact on residential homeowners and buy-to-let landlords. A caller on BBC Radio's Five Live told how he's now having to work three jobs just to be able to afford his mortgage. Dave told how 13 months ago his monthly repayments were £1,700, but they've now risen to £2,850 a month, and that he's dreading the impact that the latest increase will have. Well, the CEO of home financing at Skipton Building Society, Charlotte Harrison, said that they want homeowners to be aware of the help that's available to them and not to shy away from the problem should they start to get into difficulty. She said... It's crucial, as lenders, we offer as much support as we can to ensure that borrowers can remain secure in their own homes through this turbulent time. There's a lot of news about the impact that the current climate is having on homeowners, but there is little in the news which highlights what support and help is available out there for them already. Well, the Prime Minister... Rishi Sunak has also been branded out of touch after an interview with the BBC's Laura Quensberg at the weekend in which he urged mortgage holders to hold their nerve. He advised that mortgage holders can talk to their banks, saying that they can request an extension to their mortgage or a switch to an interest-only mortgage. None of that will have an impact on their credit rating and it will save them potentially hundreds of pounds a month on their mortgage payments. Well, if you are at all concerned about your ability to continue paying your mortgage, please reach out to your lender or broker. Now, it's not just interest rates that landlords need to think about. One landlord in Hackney has been ordered to repay £16,191 to four tenants after a first-tier property tribunal ruled against her. Hackney Council found that Jaya Sanna had no reason not to have licensed her four-bedroom HMO. Sana and her agent had also failed to give tenants the right to rent guide, an EICR, gas safety or an EPC, all legal requirements when renting out a property. These combined failings led to the £16,000 fine, which was 60% of the maximum, a sum reduced because the offence wasn't deemed to be serious, with no allegations of harassment or attempts at retaliatory eviction. 
Meanwhile, in EPC News, Energy Minister Andrew Bowie has admitted that progress on implementing the update has been slow. The current cut-off date for compliance is 2028, with a cost cap set at around £10,000 per property. Should upgrades exceed £10,000, landlords may be able to apply for an exemption because the expensive upgrades would make rentals uneconomic. Bowie said... We are continuing to refine the policy design to ensure that the costs and circumstances relating to energy efficiency improvements are fair and proportionate for landlords and tenants. However, at this rate, it will still be many months before landlords get the details they need about the scheme. Well, I'm joined now by Mashroom's Building Insurance Supremo. Chris that. Potts. Chris, great to have you with us. And we want to have a bit of a chat about the possible impact of an eviction on your building's insurance, which at first glance, people might think, well, why would an eviction have any impact on your building's insurance? Absolutely. It will have an impact on there because, of course, you'll be losing, using the legal expenses cover on your current policy. And of course, technically, there would be a claim that could lead to malicious damage, for example. OK, so what if the eviction is tied up? with, with uh, tenants who have in some way damaged your property? Then of course it would be covered under the insurance policy, but of course the claim would have to be delayed until the tenants have actually left the property. Okay, so what kind of level of damage are we talking about here when it actually becomes <coughs> worthwhile going through your building's insurance? Absolutely, I would always look at your policy wording. It depends on the insurance uh, and the insurer involved. Usually they'll have a capped rate. It might be 5,000, it might be 10,000, and some companies may even exclude it but okay. I'd always check your wording on that basis. And it sounds as if somebody's doing a bit of damage uh, reinsurance in the, uh, in the next door room as exactly. well here. Hopefully it's, <laughs> the ceiling won't come down as we're doing this. So um, how, I mean, small issues, for instance, if you've got, uh, I don't know, a coffee stain on the carpet, for instance. <clears throat> yeah. Is that worth going through the process? I would always review that and look at your policy excess. It depends on what your policy excess would be and whether it's worth replacing on that. You must remember that if you do make a claim, there will be a load in at next renewal because the insurance company have paid out. Mm -hmm. So if you have a low policy excess and the cost of cleaning the carpet, it might be better to front the cost yourself. And of course, there's a difference, isn't there, between genuine damage and just wear and tear? Absolutely. Wear and tear and depreciation is something that happens gradual. It's a specific exclusion across the whole insurance industry. It has to be an instantaneous insurable peril. Right, okay. And then, um, obviously, Carpet damage is pretty small potatoes in the grand scheme of things, isn't it? Yeah. There can be other situations where, I mean, for instance, people have found that somebody's put a, a cannabis farm in their property. Mm. Uh, that's a completely different order of things, isn't it? It is indeed. It's quite a widespread thing that's happened over the last few years. I would always check your policy wording. Some companies, again, would exclude any claim as a result of this. So it was always check the insurance policy wording and it will be listed under the endorsements, conditions and warranties. Okay, and are there any add-ons then that you would recommend landlords think about? Absolutely, I would recommend having legal expenses cover. Having that additional cover for legal recourse if you have a contract dispute with your tenant is worth having. Okay, great, Chris, thank you very much. Thank you. Well, that's it for the Mashroom Show this week. There's plenty more to come, of course. We'll be back on Friday, the 14th of July for more landlord tips and insights. Don't forget to follow us online and you can join our Facebook community. If you want to listen to the show again, 
and just keep an eye on your inbox. The recording will be with you shortly. Apologies for the odd interruption from our noisy neighbours. But for the moment, it's goodbye for now. We'll see you again on the 14th of July.